Welcome into the Intersection Podcast. I'm Brennan Casera, and today I'm joined by the Ohio State Senior Reporter for 11 Warriors and Ohio State alumnus, Dan Hope. Dan, how are you doing on this Monday? Doing well. Thanks for having me, Brennan. Yeah. And obviously, Ohio State's had multiple games canceled this year, Maryland, because of uh, an outbreak on the Maryland side of things. And then obviously last week with Illinois, Ohio State has the outbreak happen. And just looking at the impact of things, obviously everyone had to expect a potential cancellation with all these moving parts in 2020. But, um, you know, what kind of, first of all, financial impact maybe does it have on Ohio State when a game like that gets canceled? I know they have TV deals, but is there any kind of impact there? Yeah, you know, I'm not sure this year because of the fact that you don't have fans in the stands for these games. So the, the calculations are a little bit different than they typically be, would be. You know, certainly in a normal year, if you had a home game canceled, you know, that's millions of dollars that Ohio State's losing because you're not bringing in all that. But they've already kind of factored that in. They've already lost that because there's not fans this year. So I'm not entirely sure how it impacts the TV deals if they lose any money on that. I think those things have, you know, kind of been worked out with Fox behind the scenes to, you know, come up with an agreement that's modified for this year since there are less games than there would typically be for the Big Ten. But, you know, in terms of finances, I'm not I'm not sure how if that's a huge impact uh, on, on these games. But but certainly, you know, you want to play every game you can if you're Ohio State. Yeah, and, and wanting to play every game you can definitely, you know, for the student athletes and everyone involved, everyone wants to see the games be played. But, you know, Michigan State, there was a lot of question. You know, Illinois gets canceled, there's an outbreak, and to control an outbreak in a week and to be able to play a game the next Saturday is not something that's necessarily very easy to do. Was there kind of a sense of urgency around Ohio State to get on the field that next week, or was it let's just take it day by day and kind of see where we end up? Yeah, I think there was absolutely a sense of urgency because of the position that Ohio State's in, where Ohio State's a team that's trying to make the college ball playoff, trying to make the Big Ten championship game. And if they didn't play that game against Michigan State, you know, unless the rules get changed here in the next week, that would have uh, eliminated Ohio State from the Big Ten championship game race. And it certainly could have potentially uh, affected its college football playoff chances because Ohio State's sitting in that number four spot right now. You know, there was talk last week even though they stayed at four in that college ball playoff race, that there was a lot of discussion in the room about potentially moving Texas A&M over Ohio State So because Ohio State had played so few games. So I think definitely there was a big sense of urgency from that standpoint for Ohio State to, you know, play this game. And, you know, more than anything else, like they just want to play. Like they, they fought so hard to have this season they want to play as many games as they can. And they certainly did take it day by day. I mean, Ohio State didn't come out until Friday afternoon with a firm statement of we are going to go to Michigan State and play this game because, you know, the reality in 2020 is anything can change at any time. I mean, it can be it can be Friday night like we saw before the Illinois game. A game can get canceled at any time. But certainly Ohio State went into last week with the expectation of we are going to do everything we possibly can to be able to play. And fortunately for Ohio State, they didn't have another increase in positive tests and they were able to go out there and play. And we're certainly seeing that again this week, obviously with Michigan too upcoming this weekend, they're dealing with an outbreak of their own. A lot of question as to whether that game may happen, may not happen. And it seems like you know, it's a day-by-day -day thing. Sometimes you hear good things. Sometimes you hear bad things. Uh, but can you walk us through, you know, when Ohio State initially gets that 
that information as to, all right, the positive tests are rising, things aren't looking good, an outbreak may have occurred or it has occurred. Do you know or have you spoken to anyone to kind of get the in-depth details as to, you know, how they go about things? Obviously, you're trying to control the spread, but more in-depth as to what that process is like. Yeah, so Ohio State's been pretty scarce on revealing details about these things, but you know, here's what I can say like in regards to the Illinois game. So what I know about that is on the Wednesday before the Illinois game was supposed to be played, that was when positive tests popped up. I think it was about 10 or so positive tests that popped up that first day. And then uh, they did modify their team activities for the rest of that week. So they did, uh, like on Thursday, they had a practice, but it was really just a walkthrough practice. So they weren't you know, going body on body. They weren't doing full contact. Everyone was wearing masks. It was a modified practice. And, you know, they did again on Friday that week, they did a walkthrough and, you know, they were still hoping like they thought like we're going to be able to play if the numbers don't keep going up. What ultimately happened that week was the numbers did keep going up. More people tested positive on Thursday and Friday. And they eventually got to the point where they, they, they realized on Friday night, like they just couldn't go forward with it. You know, they actually, uh, they weren't required to do this, but they decided to do it uh, that, they decided to do additional rounds of PCR testing because obviously what the Big Ten is requiring is, is a POC test, which is a rapid response daily test that all the teams across the conference are doing six days a week. Uh, but Ohio State, because it knew it had an issue, decided to uh, buy its own PCR testing. So that's actually a financial impact as they actually had to pay for their own PCR testing to supplement this. But they did that on Friday those results came back with more positives that that's why Ohio state ultimately decided we're not going to make the trip to Illinois. And then as they resumed things last week with Michigan state, uh, they, they started out with just doing a limited workout on Monday, you know, guys in small groups, and then there were no more positive tests after that. So they felt good enough that on Tuesday they could resume real practices and they, they did multiple rounds of PCR testing last week as well, because they wanted to be very careful. They wanted to make sure if any more positives popped up that they were isolating those as soon as possible. And fortunately, you know, those rounds of testing went well. They didn't have a significant increase in positive tests. And so they ended up being able to, you know, play on Saturday. But it, it really is. I mean, it really is a day-to-day -day thing with this where it's, you know, any day you could end up having a bunch of positive tests pop up and you might have to hit the pause button. And, you know, who is involved in making that decision of, all right, it's time to, you know, say, forget it, we can't play Illinois, or is it strictly based on testing? Is there a committee of people? Is it one or two individuals? You know, do you know who is involved in making that decision, you know, ultimately whether they cancel or not? Yeah. So uh, Jim Borchers, the team physician, he plays a leading role in that. Uh, certainly Gene Smith, the athletic director, uh, certainly Ryan Day is involved in those conversations. Christina Johnson, as a university president, uh, definitely something that a lot of different people across the athletic department, across the university are, are being involved in those, in those decisions. And, you know, the way it works to big 10, there are two thresholds, the, the team uh, test positivity threshold and the population positivity threshold. And if you hit both of those, it's 5% of, of total tests, seven and a half percent of your total team population. If you hit both of those and you're red, red, then you have to pause for seven days. Ohio State did not hit that. 
when Ohio State made the decision, it had hit the population positivity threshold. So it did have over seven and a half percent of its team population, which if you take it, it's 170 tier one individuals, 120 players and 50 staff. So that means at least 13 people tested positive between players and coaches. And when Ohio State hit that, they made the decision between you know Jim Borchers, Gene Smith, Christina Johnson, anyone else about it. They made the decision, we're going to shut this thing down. And, you know, it proved to be a prudent decision because ultimately, you know, they were able to resume team activities three days later. Whereas if they had hit both big 10 thresholds, they would have been required to stop for seven, no wiggle room on that. So uh, you do have leeway to make your own decisions as long as you don't hit those thresholds. Okay. Yeah. And looking at the player side of things, you know, obviously it's a very difficult season to be a part of. It's been well-documented. They're away from their families and everything. And then to be, to test positive for COVID-19 and then have to isolate, you know, that's just the cherry on top with everything. First of all, are they isolating in their apartments that they live in? Or does Ohio State have a separate facility for people who test positive to isolate? As far as I understand, the players to test positive are in their own apartments. My my understanding is that Ohio State made arrangements for the players this year that if if they weren't already living in an off-campus house, they didn't already have living arrangements, that they're all living individually this year. So I know like the freshmen, you know, they would typically just live in a regular dorm on campus. My understanding is they're actually living in off-campus apartments this year where they each have their own room just because you know, Ohio State needs to keep these guys safe. They can't, they can't have players living among the general student population this year where their risk of contracting COVID would be increased. So, um, you know, they do, they all have their own space. They all have their own rooms. And so my understanding is anyone who tested positive is just going back to their uh, own rooms. And I'm assuming that, you know, if they test positive, obviously being in isolation, does Ohio State provide meals and things like that throughout the course of their isolation period to kind of help them through that, that difficult time period. Yeah. So Gene Smith actually talked about this on his podcast last week, and he said that uh, Ohio state uh, is able to do that, that uh, with their, you know, nutritionists, they are able to, you know, provide meals uh, to those players who are in isolation. And, you know, that's another expense, you know, that's another thing that, that, you know, they're, they are paying for, but, but they are doing that. They are, uh, providing meals to those players because, you know, certainly, I mean, you think of, you know, say you're an offensive lineman, and you, just bother, you need to eat a certain way to be ready to play when you come back. So uh, they are doing that to make sure those players are able to stick to their meal plans. And they're also able to provide them with some workout equipment they can have in their apartments, you know, like resistance bands, uh, things like that. You know, obviously they, they can't go to the facility uh, as long as they're in isolation, but they are giving them uh, whatever they can so that those players can, do whatever they can to stay in shape so that when they are able to return to the football facility, uh, you know, they're in the best shape they possibly can be after obviously fighting off a virus. And obviously we're not allowed to, to, to discuss, you know, names of anyone who's tested positive or anything, but have you had the opportunity to speak to anyone who's, who's gone through that isolation period and, and seen kind of firsthand how that is uh, as a player? Uh, I have not because uh, obviously, you know, most of this has just popped up to the point where some of those guys are still in isolation or uh, if, if they're coming out of it, they haven't been cleared to play yet. So, you know, I certainly don't expect Ohio State to make any of those players 
available for interviews until they return to the field. So I, I imagine at some point, you know, some of these players who have been impacted, uh, you know, they, you know, they might have interview sessions and they might choose to uh, reveal that they've, you know, gone through this and, you know, be willing to share their experience. But I have not personally had the chance to talk to any players uh, about going through that experience from Ohio State. And is there any any further medical evaluation that they undergo outside of COVID testing that, you know, Ohio State is using to monitor as, as we learn more about COVID-19? Yeah, so the big one is before they can be cleared to play, they have to undergo a cardiac MRI uh, to make sure they don't have myocarditis or any other uh, heart-related side effects of undergoing COVID-19. So that's actually one of the reasons why the Big Ten is making guys sit out for 21 days before they come back because before they can even be cleared to practice again, they have to undergo a cardiac MRI uh, and make sure that uh, you know, they're, they're okay from that standpoint so that they don't, you know, run any risks of, you know, coming back and then have something horrible happen in that regard. So that's actually something Ohio state was doing even before it was required. Uh, and then, you know, it's, it's been adopted all over the country. Uh, but yeah, that, that's the big one is obviously they, they want to be extra careful uh, to make sure they avoid uh, any cardiac related issues since obviously uh, if, if something like that were to happen, you could be potentially major consequences. Dan, I appreciate you joining us and giving us the insight on just what it looks like dealing with COVID-19 and, and having a football season at Ohio State. So thanks again for joining on, on this Monday. Yeah, no problem. Happy to do it.